You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. The only people for me are the mad ones. The world is filled with the boring and the barely conscious. Misery loves company. But we don't have to live this way. Jessica and I are here to talk to those the system rejects, to radicals and thought criminals. The ones who never yawn or say a commonplace thing but push the boundaries of acceptable discourse. Those who stare reality in the face and dare it to be different. History isn't made by the timid, and fun is not had by the perpetually afraid. We are the mad ones. So let's get to it. Welcome to the mad ones. I'm your, I don't care if you call it a multi-level marketing. It's a freaking scam, and I'm not at all interested in joining your little cult, okay? Host, Cam <laughs> And with me, as always, is your, oh, no, thanks. I would prefer uh, lemon balm over your dumb scam hostess, Miss Jessica Green. How do How you, you do? I'm well. Thank you for asking. <laughs> I've had a good deal of uh, Lorenzotti, uh, a delicious Italian roast coffee, so I'm pretty puffed up. <laughs> Oh, well, that's good. I've had not that, but some Knob Creek bourbon. So I'm in a good okay. headspace. Yeah. Um, but we should probably bring in our guests because that's who people come for. They don't come for us. They don't come for me. It's not what they're here for. Uh, but <laughs> before we bring him, before we bring him in, uh, we want to say a very special thank you to those who make this show possible. Uh, so check out Zen Pro Audio, Burget Dev Services, Lorenzotti Coffee, as Jessica mentioned. Use the promo code the Mad Ones, and don't forget to watch Opsec Drip, the best sixty-second podcast that's out there. Period. Filmed from John McAfee's butt phone. Can't get better than that. Um, <clears throat> joining us tonight is one of our favorite returning guests, a personal friend and a friend of the show, a musician, a dirty leftoid, a podcast host, a father, a colonizer, a punk, and the perfect mixture of toxic masculinity and toxic femininity. And that's both terrifying and exhilarating. Mr. Nick Bacone of Peace Freaks fame. How you doing, man? Well, I'll tell you how I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm never going to say that people don't come for me because I tend to do my work properly and I'm going to <laughs> work as hard as I can to make sure that happens. You can, you can ask giver. my wife. I, I, I would even say if you really wanted to, you could probably call some of my former lovers up and ask them and they'd probably, <laughs> probably agree for what they can remember. <laughs> well, oh, you nice. stop it! <laughs> <laughs> but we but talk, we talk I, I about feel coming that, after the show, Nick. Well, mm. I mean, you guys started talking about people not coming for you at the beginning of the show, so I just felt <laughs> like I had to set myself apart. I'm never, I'm never owning that. You know, <laughs> you're right. They, they do come for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we thank guys. you for bringing the, uh, the the sexual tension. I love it. It's the best thing we- in the world. It's my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> We usually start out very low brow, and then as the show moves on, we get closer and closer to the Lord. So we do okay. Like, <laughs> that must be every episode that I'm not on. Like yeah. I, I personally like to come on and just start pushing the envelope and see where they'll let me take it right from the beginning. <laughs> I, I was I, yeah. I'm always excited when when you get uh, Monica Perez on an episode like you did this week. Is um, she's always fun to push the envelope with too. You never know where she can yeah. take it, and she can she can hang. That's what I love about Monica. The phrase I'm... "cock aperture" came up in the last <laughs> episode, and that may be my favorite thing I've ever heard. 
I did, um, after that episode, go and check out Sheath Underwear. And they have small, medium, large sizes, but the cock aperture on them is the same for every pair. It does not change. So I looked into that. Circumference (laughs) circumference is an issue here that I think talk about girth. The sheath people need to maybe get on top of. Well, the guy was a the guy was a uh, like a a military guy, right? Maybe he just assumes that all the people he knows are hung. Standard issue junk. Like, <laughs> yeah, could be that. I dated, I dated a girl who was in the military, and uh, did she have a standard issue penis? N- no, that would have been pretty cool, actually. Like, but uh, no, but I got the impression that everybody that she had slept with in the military had like larger than standard issue penises. So I just kind of assume that all dudes that go get shot at have giant dicks. Wow, <laughs> so ladies, there you go, little, little tip. She also tended to date men who were like over six and a half feet tall, though. So there's also that. Oh, I wonder if there's a scientific correlation that could somehow be measured. I don't know. I have giant feet, though. So (laughs) you know what they say. You know what they say. (laughs) Tiny penises. Great. (laughs) Here's here's the thing I I wanted to ask you about. Have you ever had? Who doesn't? Well, um, I'm just commenting to Paul here. I do like moms. It's always been my MO. High school, I was the guy trying to bang my friend's moms. And, you know, once I was an adult, I tried to bang as many moms as I could. So, I just did the one and then made her a mom five more times. Well, and, you know, I did eventually make a mom. So it became much easier to find them. So there's that. Makes sense. <laughs> Let me ask you this. I had a random... I was taking a shower today. And I was washing my legs because I'm one of the few white people who apparently washes his legs. And there's a missing patch of hair that I cannot account for. It looks like it's been shaved. And I don't know why. I have no reason to know why or no context for this. Has this ever happened to you? (laughs) I tend to get scars. I don't know where they came from. I can't say I've ever had places get shaved. I don't know where they came from. Like I will show up from work, like bleeding places that I don't remember happening, but not scarring or not like, uh, shaving. Not shaved areas. I, I need a little more information here. Um, how high on the leg is the shaved spot? See if you, can you see it right here? Oh no, is I can that, account for that. There's cat it, it's but it's just the like cat hair. rubbing on him. I don't have a cat. Oh, <laughs> so I don't um, I don't know what this is, but I have missing hair and I don't like I know it. You're, but you're a Florida man, so you're not wearing socks. Oh, I'm wearing socks because I, I found when I was young, I don't wear sandals. <laughs> I, I, sorry, I'm sorry. I, I did. I was a skateboarder. I wear I wear shoes that you can skate in or converses and that's it. OK. Or boots and, and socks. Always. Up to your. Up to your thigh socks? No, up not up to my thighs. Cap? I mean, I'm not a woman. So okay. no, it would be they're, fun they're, if, they're if, if, if he did wear socks. thigh highs. That would be <laughs> That would be fun. Yeah. I meant I meant calf. Calf height. Where like a basic crew sock would come up to. No, I'm not suggesting anything. Nope, nothing nothing up there. It's it's you know, no show socks are my jam. Okay. So, All right. So it's not socks. I have no I have no idea. But hmm. I thought it was interesting enough to ask seriously has anyone ever had aliens shave them in the middle of the night because that's the only explanation i have right now. i mean and now we're start, i'm not starting to sound fun anyways 
You shave your balls? <laughs> but what happens after the shaving? <laughs> my my son, this uh, my six year old. Tonight, I was like, man, I, I was telling my wife I found this patch of skin that's missing all hair, and I was like, Ezra, do you know anything about this? And he was like, well, yeah, I shaved it in your sleep. And I know he's not telling the truth because he's trying to screw with me, but I'm so okay. proud of him in that moment for being like, oh, yeah, I, you know, you were asleep and I shaved your leg. I know. You know, didn't. the real wonder of this is, is that his kid is not lying. He just has a weird fucking kid that does shave him in his sleep. <laughs> and I'm really excited for that. The things this kid's going to have to explain as an adult. Well, it's just it would just be me again, really, because of my NyQuil prank on my dad and all that. shit. So the. The, the search, um, why is there a patch of hair missing on my leg, is the third thing that comes up really? on Google when you type, why is there a patch of, and hair missing on my leg was the third one. So there is a reason. It, is it the FBI? No, it's, heredi it's hereditary. It's, it's well, something about the follicles fail in patches, just like they do on the top of your head. They will also oh, do it on shit. your leg. Yeah. <laughs> Does that mean it's going to spread and we're going to have a hairless cam someday? I, I would really I mean, hope that my dad was bald, but I'm really hoping this stays to the legs well, because I, I, I don't want to lose this hair. Baldness so follows smooth. mom. Like, yeah. So is your, All of this, your, your hair follows your, your mother's DNA. Is that yeah, what you mean? That's what I hear. Yeah. Okay. My mom's so, not bald, so I think we're good. Um, neither is my grandfather. Okay. okay. All right. But apparently, his thin hair like me. I have his hair essentially, mm -hmm. but I like fine rather than thin. But yeah, I think I'm good. Well, apparently, apparently it's my natural. Legs are not safe. Yeah. No. <laughs> the fuck. I mean, there are worse places to have a bald patch, right? So you know. <laughs> well, let's so look bad. at this in like an agent. Like we'll say like a genetic standpoint. Maybe something in your like family history needed you to be slightly more aerodynamic. <laughs> And so it's the, it's the beginning. Just it's the it's the beginning of like a thing that over generations is going to make you a hairless people. Well, I mean, so the name would can be run right. away better. I don't. What know. was that book? Galapagos about people who get stuck on the Galapagos Island, and then like thousands of years in the future, they're like smooth, hairless <laughs> dolphin people. Has anybody else read this book? No, but Paul just oh. said my 14-year-old has decided to use scissors to trim himself. I don't know which pair of scissors he uses. <laughs> and that's the way the kid likes it. If you look in the corner, there will be you know, something stuck in there, and that'll probably be a good clue for you. Because you know he's not cleaning it out. I saw a video the other day of a barber, and he had his hands, and he was showing his hands, and he was squeezing like a pimple in between his fingers. But it wasn't pus or anything like that you, that you'd expect to see. It was hair. And people's hair from him cutting their hair would get caught in bunches in between his fingers. And he was like pulling it out. And the I was like, this, this may be the, the most, well, not even ingrown, like poked in. It's like, oh. uh, ha you know, hand poked tattoos, but with other people's hair. Like it's, oh. <laughs> That's we talk about right. important things. <laughs> makes me want to weep like, i feel bad about that like, this is the, this is the part of barbers that no one shows you well i like truth. the part where it's dr barbers dr barbers Dr. Barber. did you guys never watch uh the marvelous misadventures of flapjack no 
No. Thank you. Thank you, Whip. I appreciate you. Uh, It is one of my favorite TV shows from a number of years ago. It stars uh, Brian Doyle Murray. Mm -hmm. as a guy called Captain Knuckles, and he's got like a first mate called Flapjack. But like it takes place, you know, like the time when you would have had pirates and stuff around, which if you know anything, but historically your doctor and your barber tended to be your, the same person. Right. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, they go like as creepy sadist as you possibly can with this character. And like, there's nothing he can do. Like he does without seeming menacing like really dangerously menacing. It's great. <laughs> like that gives me like um there's another like barber surgeon, but he's the murderer. There's a musical. I can't remember the title of anything tonight. Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd, thank you. Yes. That reminds me of that as well, which is where I found out that barbers used to also be like walk in surgeons. I wouldn't want, <sighs> I wouldn't trust my barber for that. But then again, my barber is at this point. Well, he was you knew he was the guy who was going to have the sharpest tools around. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and back in like the 1800s, that meant something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You'd go to the, if you needed something removed, you're going to go to the guy that's going to do it the cleanest. I, I, am, I watched Master and Commander last night. Um, that's Russell Crowe, ship, ship of the Line movie. And a kid gets his arm pretty much blown off and they have to cut it off. And it takes this doctor like two seconds to cut the arm off. And I'm like, no way. They would have had like saw. I saw 172 hours. It takes a long time to cut an arm off. And I went on this whole long deep dive about amputation. And if you want to have nightmares, learn about how they did amputation back in the 1800s. But to their credit, uh, surgeons were incredibly fast at it. And they could do it in a matter of seconds. Did they do it like butchers? Well, I mean, I don't imagine that they like just hacked at it the way a butcher would. They... No, I meant like, you know, like when you've ever, I don't know if you butcher much meat, but when I've done it, you know, it's finding the joint, it's cutting around. Yes. It's just, it's a quick yes. process, so but you, you cut around. you're not sawing through things. You're cutting at a certain point. You, you are sawing through the bone, but a skilled right. surgeon could do it in a matter of seconds. And um, they did have painkillers they could give you. Um, so that some facsimile of painkillers, but yeah, it, it it is the same as you you know you would do all the way around with the sharp knife with the flesh, and then you would saw the bone. But they <laughs> could do it really fast, and so I learned that, and I was really impressed. But yeah, uh, thank goodness for modern medicine. <laughs> You're gonna have to knock me out to do something like that to me for a while. Oh yeah, I sure yeah. hope so. <laughs> you know, you know, Nick, you're one of the few people that I ask for criticism or feedback for this show okay i haven't done it i haven't done it in a minute but let's do it live okay give give us feedback all right well sure well i listen to your show and i don't listen to that many shows anymore so that's that's the the first amount of criticism you get uh i I, honestly uh i i don't really have much to go i love the show you guys do well at it you have good guests (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's it's tough to have people on that are, you know, Economist. have to follow me and like maintain being like normal people and having real things to say. But you, you managed to make that possible, which is, is amazing to me. <laughs> so you. Do you guys remember two episodes we talked to that fucking weird ass Nick guy? And then here we are talking to a respectable <laughs> academic person. Do you remember that? <laughs> 
These are in the same the same stream. What, what what kind of show are we making here? There's a lot of variety. What's funny though is like Monica, like I have plans to talk about like serious stuff, and I don't think we stuck on anything serious for more than like twenty seconds in that episode. It was just like, well, hell, we're having fun with this one, and I love that. I don't know if the audience loves it as much as I do, but I love it. I think that's I, a good. I, I'm episode. waiting on the liquor, the liquor episode. Oh, I'm going to have a liquor episode. I'm been... excited for you guys to, to get a deep dive onto some booze. Oh, I'm cause... going to. I'm I'm trying to find the right person for that. Because I love, I fucking love booze, dude. <laughs> I used to love it a lot more before I got fat. Is and then like, fat? and then it got too expensive to drink it to the point uh, of where you need to drink it. So I just kind of stopped drinking. Like when it's too expensive to get drunk, what's the point? <laughs> I am uh, four feet, 11 inches tall and really two beers will put me past where I should be. And so like, that's always one benefit of being really small is that, it, you know, you're a cheap date. I used to be back when I, back when I was a, you know, cross country runner and had that, that cross country runner metabolism. But, uh, now not so much, uh, I'm, I'm not dropping a couple hundred dollars at the bar. I'm probably not getting tipsy. <laughs> and it just ain't worth it. Yeah. I'll stay sober. Well, there are other things to enjoy in life besides alcohol anyway. There so are. I'm, I, and don't eat them before shows because then you can't think. Well, so and this is something. How do you How do you find drugs as an adult? That's because, a, that's I never a did it when I was I've a kid. Asked. I never I did this as a kid, so I don't have any of those skills. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like, I, I, I probably would look like actively seek it out now. But like, real talk, uh, Liberty Twitter, <laughs> Liberty Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> if you find the the right level of person who uh, uh, the right level of agorist, you can get you can get some stuff sent to you in the mail. Nice. So. so- I mean, I don't know how cool it is to talk about this or not, but you can order weed from California and have it mailed to you. You go on a little website, you type in, I can't sleep, I have gastroparesis, whatever, whatever. They in check your ID to make sure. That that. Yeah, and then they mail you weed. And my, you know, like I don't live in a state where it's legal and I don't get this done, but I have friends who do and it has not been a problem from then on. They get a delivery every two weeks and, you know, so if you want to try it, you probably could just order it through the mail. I mean, it's getting so prolific and it's legal in how many 11 states now so i think it's definitely legal for medical use in my state now <clears throat> so you have sleeping problems right i mean you, you everybody oh, God, does do I have right? Sleeping problems right like that's the condition of the modern american with all these screens in our faces and all that stuff so i mean you legitimately have a reason to get it go get your weed dude <laughs> <laughs> just an acid drop guy <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you, guy. Uh, question. Okay. So we're, we're we're asking this of interested parties who come on the show, um, but we're going to be setting up the list for the 100 Nights O Horror for this year. And you, being someone who actually was in the competition club, whatever last year, you get to choose a movie. Oh, you are. I'm holding out right. for. I'm holding out for Ernest Scared Stupid again. Like it's, it's going to be on the list. I'm telling you. Well, you can actually get Ernest Scared Stupid still, which is awesome. Unlike 
Ernest goes to camp, which upsets me dear, dearly. I think we talked about that last time. I think that may have been, but yeah, it was me too out of existence. Damn. Um, I happen to have a copy of it on DVD, so like no no problems there. But Ernest Scared Stupidism is, is a really good movie. Like far better than I think it it, it deserves credit to be, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. Like I I I don't that, that was the thing is like when I heard about the the thing last year. I don't know what to call it. It's not really a competition. What is it? It's just a challenge. Okay, it's a challenge. challenge. Yeah, it's There's a personal the word. challenge. So like if you right. cheat to do it, you're only cheating yourself. Like right. you know, so if there's nobody to beat. But I was I tried so hard to get Ernest Scared Stupid on the list last year because I think that you know you need <laughs> and I was right. Let me just say I was right because I watched so many bad movies. Ernest Scared Stupid would have been a real good hump. You know, you get over the hump of 54 movies, you know. Well, here is my recommendation to anyone trying it this year. Just ignore the list. <laughs> like, honestly, go out, pick 100 movie horror movies that you'd like to watch and start, like, making your own list. Um, I, I followed along for as much as I could. Like, if there was stuff that I wanted to see that was on the list, mm-hmm. I'd try to watch it with them. Um, like, one of the things that I had to do is because I, I, finances were a little tight at that point in time, so I'm having to, like, negotiate which uh which streaming company i'm going to pay for at any given time and so like I'm, right. i'd like have to lump the stuff that was on hulu together and then i have to lump the stuff right. that was on netflix or chiller together so i could like use the one what was it one month free of stars to <laughs> right. get this stuff well here's 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 the secret this year i have you covered so anything on that list i will give you access to like i did jessica last year so let me give kind of a breakdown on how that works because I do put out a list every year of a hundred horror movies, but there are no rules to the challenge. So you don't have to use my list. You can definitely use your own list. You can group them together. You can um, substitute some out. I even um, for maybe the first couple of weeks while I'm still posting all the movie information, I include um, alternate movies, just like Mm -hmm. completely free alternate movies that are in YouTube. So if you run into a situation like, Oh damn, I, don't have the scratch to rent a movie tonight or whatever it is. Just go to YouTube and type in horror movies, especially horror movies, 1970s. And then you'll like get a nice free selection um, that you can meet with the challenge. Well, and for me, like one of the things that like I would do because I am a big horror movie fan myself. uh, I have like the entire Nightmare on Elm Street collection that I want to watch. Yeah. And I happen to own. I have the entire Puppet Master collection that I'd watch on my own. And I can, you can kill, like, one of my goals this year is to actually sit down and watch the entire Nightmare on Elm Street collection straight through as part of the thing. And you, oh, you, that wipes out a few of the movies on there, to be honest. Right. <laughs> Which uh, I'm not as big a fan of, uh, of some of the some of the horror comedy stuff. Like, I, I will be sacrilege here and say I'm not a big uh, Army of Darkness fan. I'm not. Like, I, res- I respect what the movie is and what it represents, but that's definitely not my kind of horror. Like, I think probably my favorite, and this is going to be a cheesy horror movie, and it's a remake of a horror movie, but it's one of my favorites. I absolutely love the Matthew Lillard, uh, Tony Shalhoub version of 13 Ghosts from like 2003, <laughs> which yeah, I realize I is not that. a great movie, but I love body horror. And yeah. like they do such a really good job at really making those ghosts scary as fuck. 
How many movies did you get through till um, you stopped? Oh God. Um, I think I got through at least three weeks before I started kind of missing days. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the problem that you have is that like you run into periods of life that just get really busy. Yeah. And so it's sometimes like difficult. And then once you're off the path, it's real hard to kind of get back on or what, or what you'll, I'll find will happen is you'll, you'll watch one that you really wanted to see. And then it'll put like a really bad taste in your mouth. And you're like, ah, I don't know if I can watch another right now. Right. <laughs> I think of last yeah. year's movies, the one that I liked the most, having not seen it before, was The Ritual. Oh, that the was Ritual really good. Was so good. Yes. I was, was got to put it back it was, on the list. What was the, the name of the, the movie with the girls in the cave or whatever? Um. Oh, shit. That movie that, scared the pants off. No, of that's the one like the. The Let me hold cave on. Let me look it up. Or something. It's not the, the cave. Remember. It was something else. The descent. The descent. The descent. I didn't. I watched the <laughs> ritual first, off. and then I started watching that one. And I was like, "This is a very similar idea, but the ritual did it better." Yeah. And so I fell asleep in the middle of it. Well, the movie like, like uh, that I always come to out of that that I really love is uh, what do you call it? Um, God, it's there. They like go on vacation in Mexico. Oh, the ruins. Haven't okay. seen that one. If you've never seen the ruins, that is dope. Um, essentially, they just go and visit like a a what do you call it? It'd be like a pyramid or like some kind of ruins down in Mexico while they're on vacation there. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the few movies where you have like tight <laughs> dangerous f- flora. Okay. Um, like a bad plants. Yeah, and we'll just say it's a, it's a fun movie. <laughs> so, Little Shop of Horrors is another bad plant movie. Can which one? Any... Little Shop of Horrors. I know which one. Oh, the Rick Moranis. I would. Are you, the Rick are you, Moranis are you aware one that the Rick Moranis version is a musical remake of an actual horror movie from like the nineteen fifties? I am now. So. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, it is one of my favorite movies. A uh, few things in this world are as amazing as uh, what's his name playing a dentist. Uh, um, man, I'm it's that late in the day. I'm like, oh man, uh, <laughs> my, my favorite banjo player. Um, oh, Steve Martin. Steve Martin. Yeah, Steve Martin as a fucking dentist in that movie that makes it worthwhile. Steve <laughs> Martin is my favorite comedian. He should be everybody <laughs> of all time. Really, okay. Love Steve Martin. I, what, what's funny is like as, as good of a, as good of a comedian as he is, him playing the straight man to John Candy is about the most best film you can possibly ever make out of anything. Planes, and Planes, trains, trains, and automobiles is probably the best movie ever made. <laughs> it, it, I I have to agree with you. That movie has a really special place in my heart. John like, John I Candy. Love it. In that role, yeah. you're just like, oh my god, he's yeah. doing that speech about you know who he is and how I'm okay with me. Like that's that's where it's at. So you know what? People like me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, and it's so rough, and you find out like he's a guy whose like wife passed away, and he's yeah. kind of alone, and he's trying his best to get by. Like, ah, it's good people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gonna get a little verklempt on here. Um, let me so we haven't talked about the lord yet 
Um, but I do want to ask you a question. Have you seen the video that came out, I think today, that pissed me off extremely thoroughly? I was in the car all do... day, so probably not. Okay, so in Rio de Janeiro, there is a statue that you may know called Christ the Redeemer. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Well, these people, the very uh, co- the COVID people, oh, God. Uh, the vaccine people, have decided that that is the perfect kind. That's the perfect image to push vaccines with. And I'm going to put the video would. up. But look at this shit. This, I mean, I I was. What's funny about this video is I saw atheists pissed off that they were doing it because they were like, "This is too blasphemous for me." Wow. Yeah, that's kind of how I'm feeling about it. <laughs> yeah, I. Just Jesus with vaccine saves across his chest. Oh, is, that, is, the, is he like wearing a clown suit too at the same time? <laughs> that kind of it that. looks like it. He looks like he has bozo buttons oh, on his shirt. Yeah, oh. didn't it? This made me cringe so bad the first time I saw it. And the second cringe is no less. Like I'm cringing equally. Look at this shit, man. Tell me this isn't a cult. Well, I can't do that because that would be lying. Ah. <laughs> They do the Nazi salute, of course. Also a wave. Like, it's a Nazi salute and sports favorite pastime. Well, aren't those two things connected anyways? Are they? But isn't it, isn't this beautiful? Vaccina salva. Vaccine save on Jesus. Yeah. I mean, I guess. Um, Fuck these people, man. Terribly cringy. Ugh. (laughs) I already saw that earlier, and I'm still like, no. Well, here's here's the thing that frustrates me about it is that I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I never have been. Like, yeah. my kid has all hers. Uh, however, I am 100% against being forced to buy a product by a government. Yes. And I am 100% uh, against not being able to be properly educated about a product. Right. Like informed consent is important and you will get none of that here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So these are the frustrations I have. Um, all of my issues with vaccines that have always been related to the political place that they have. The cronyism. Well, the, the vaccine courts, things like that. Yeah, That's where my issues are. And this is kind of like they're, they're trying to make it out like, oh, you're just a science nerd. Like, well, no, I mean, I... I value science, and when we have appropriate science on this, I'm all about seeing how that works, you know? In the meantime, so Nick, forcing you... healthy people to take something that hasn't been, <laughs> you know, properly, right. you know, That's shown true. to do what it's supposed to do for something Is that it... doesn't really do much. But they're Are you aware? The control group. What's that? Are, you guys, are you guys aware that... Um the meaning of anti-vaxxer has been changed to include anyone who opposes uh, vaccine mandates or government mandates. So even though you may, yeah, right. Even though you may um, support vaccines, which I certainly do. I, I have all of mine for the most part. Yeah. But um, yeah, at the same time, my opposition to forcing it on people who don't want it now puts me firmly in the anti-vaxxer category according to these ever-changing definitions so i'm just owning it like you can call me yeah. whatever you want just don't sit you know don't say anything bad about my horse 
Well, and it's like our kid, my kids, especially my youngest boy, had like bad reactions to vaccines. Oh, like no. um, my my uh, Rhett, he came home from a vaccine and ended up with like a hundred and seven degree fever, and mm. you know. We, like there was a lot of stuff that happened. He was sick for days, wasn't sick before he went to the doctor. They said he looked completely normal and fine, written down, and then he had that. And we're just like, you know, our kids may have some issues with this, so we're going to spread this out. We're not going to do everything by the book, you know, because mm -hmm. holy shit, that, that'll scare you. And But, you know, saying, hey, they protect these people to the point of absurdity, the government does. And I don't really trust that. I've seen some bad shit happen. Well, you don't they treat you like you're a monster. Product into people without, while also having a no liability clause. I'm sorry, right? Which every single one of these does, and that's the issue. Do you guys think with this sort of like um, ham-fisted ma mask mandate lifting for anyone who says they have a vaccine is kind of them admitting that they can't really get this through, and you know, they're not going to be able to force anybody to take it. So it's all, we're on the honor system. If you get it, you get it. Like, it kind of seems like they're sort of admitting that it's over. Like, we're done with it. Um, no. No. I think you're just seeing the first phases of what's going to come, personally. Okay. Oh. Oh. Well, he's... He, he, <laughs> and then he, he left. <laughs> um. Didn't even leave us with a poop face. <laughs> what? A jerk. I'm sure he'll he'll be back in a second. I really um, wanted to hear what he was going to say about that too. <laughs> well, there we go. There you, you see, are. You see what happens? Yeah, they don't want <laughs> you. They don't want you talking. All of a sudden, he disappear. <laughs> I was eager to hear what you were going to say about that. Actually, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I have a lot of a lot of concerns about what comes next uh, because there are a lot of people that aren't going to be happy to not know. Mm -hmm. they, they really they want to know which are. of us aren't uh, are one are. of them. Yeah, they're they're pissed. There's a lot of COVIDers, yeah. I call them. Yeah, I've, got, I've gone through and I've done my duty and you better do your duty too. Right. It's not fair. It's not fair that we had to get it and you don't. No, it isn't fair that you're an idiot, but, you know, <laughs> God makes people stupid too, I guess. <laughs> well, that's the that's the fun thing about Twitter and Instagram and all this stuff. After Biden said um, that if you had you've been fully vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask anymore. Were the amount of leftists going, I'm still going to wear my mask for one of two reasons. One because they would say they didn't want to be confused for a Republican or two, because they don't actually know if people are lying about having taken the vaccine. Well, what I can say about that, thankfully, is uh, yeah, that's called Twitter. Right. <laughs> if you're going to hang out in the leftist slums, then you you're going to get the, the leftist uh, slums. Right. I love it. Uh, I can say. Uh, I, I was at an event yesterday, and I didn't see a single mask in the entire building that I was in. Um, even outside of the people I was with, that would have a higher propensity towards that. I think the only people that had masks on were the staff, because I'm sure they were forced to by their their right. you know company. Um, so, for example, and I was Walmart. out in a park today in that same city oh, okay. and didn't see a single mask. So, 
So for example, Walmart, who is like arguably one of the biggest retailers in the country, if not the biggest, has said even for their, for the, that they're no, no longer requiring masks if people have had vaccinations. They don't have technically any legal standing to ask people to show them proof of vaccination. So if the largest retailer in the country has basically said, okay, you're on the honor system, come and go as you please. I sort of think that that's going to make it difficult for businesses who want to compete with Walmart and good luck with you on that uh, to require masks to like to require vaccination proof of vaccination. Yeah, but you're you're, like you're 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 only in the first first chess move. You're not seeing where that goes when yeah, I'm not a good spike, at chess. So help me out. A, <laughs> there's a spike in cases because the vaccine doesn't do anything or actually makes right. people sick. Um, yeah. As is suspected that it will do in the fall, there's going to be much higher numbers because the vaccine and some of its studies, have, from what I understand, has been shown to do that, and like mm-hmm. the animal samples. Uh, they're going to blame it on the anti- people that refuse the vaccine as opposed to acknowledging that it is because of the vaccine itself. There are There's a major league baseball team where I think eight members, all who were fully vaccinated with the Johnson & Johnson shot, all turned out COVID positive. Like yes, this week yes. Or There's, the week been before. Lots and lots of that. Right. So, I mean, if the vaccine is proven useless um, already, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, I, I think they're having a hard row to hoe with public well, No, no. <clears throat> See, you're thinking like a rational human being. You're not thinking Don't like a that. government, where all that means is we have to double down. We need to do it more. Look, we didn't have we didn't have enough of your money. We didn't tax enough. We need more. It's never right. possible that it's a bad tack to take. It's just we need to right. go do it further. So right. you know, we right. we didn't we didn't force you to vax every four months. You know, we didn't force you to vax every week. You know, <laughs> somehow see how many. Let's see, we need people with like bulbous faces from the amount of injections they've gotten. You know, walk around with just sacks of vaccine hanging off your face. I think a, so now like that you say that sounds like a great horror movie. <laughs> don't <laughs> get vaccine. me wrong; there, there are a lot of people who would go along with it, but I think they increasingly so that that there are people not willing. I I, I hope anyway, but there are um, on the thing you said about making a great story. There are so many science fiction stories where an alien race comes down. You're having a pandemic that's killing all your people. An alien race comes from space and offers you a vaccine. And that vaccine sterilizes you. And that's a theme that's been written in so many science fiction stories. Like I couldn't count them on both hands. So like, well, they were just already... following Bill Gates work. That mentality is in people's minds already though, that like these, these mass um, forced vaccination efforts are not, on the up and up they're not on the level and i think people well, know that because well, their went, narratives already say that i went and had my shit cut so i can't have kids anyways thank god uh <laughs> you know because god forbid you bring them into this world Ugh. sounds oogie i already feel bad <laughs> for the one i brought in but no you're absolutely right i mean that is a trope amongst uh but, but when you say like science fiction it depends what you're talking about because honestly there tends to be uh amongst science fiction authors you tend to find uh people that oh i mean look at some of the most famous like huxley and hmm. uh you know wells there are people that were involved in the whole technocratic movement from the beginning and so their science fiction right. was more of like a science futurism than it was fiction yeah, speculative fiction 
Well, it's not even that. I mean, they're laying out they're, they're what the plans are for people. That's right. Like, Cam, sorry to interrupt. It goes right to what you're saying. Weren't you telling me that the moon is a harsh, harsh mistress? I'm the guy who wrote that. He also wrote Starship Troopers. Yeah, Robert Heinlein. That's a Robert Heinlein. Thank you. That's supposed to be like this libertarian type theme of movie or a lot of libertarians point at it and say look how libertarian this movie is but weren't you saying it was he what didn't mean it ironically that was his idea of how the the, future should be the moon is a harsh mistress i don't think it's ever been adapted to the screen it should be it's in it's a really it's like the most anarcho-capitalist book ever written um, except for probably something david friedman wrote but um he also wrote starship troopers which Paul Vander Vanderhoven yeah. directed and made it a uh, a satire, and that satire is very anti-fascist. But mm-hmm. Robert Heinlein, uh, from what I've read and what I've seen, his views on government and stuff were very dependent on who he was married to at the time. And when he wrote <laughs> Starship <laughs> Troopers, he was married to essentially a fascist. And um, so he around that same time, he had written like an op ed or bought an ad that was against nuclear um, getting rid of nuclear bombs or something by Ike. Uh And so this the Starship Troopers is essentially a book saying what he would like to see at that point. But I think it was written before. The Moon is a Harsh Mistress, but I don't have the timeline in front of me, so I'm not sure. Interesting. The thing about his wife, his whatever wife he had at the time, that's interesting. The, yeah, there there does seem to be a tie to his wife and his uh, political views. It's all about which the dick I find dick fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> You're a science fiction fan, though. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm a huge Nick? science fiction fan, for what, sure. What do you think about that breakdown just then? Am I wrong? Uh, no, that was actually pretty pretty accurate. Um, and I personally really like like Heinlein. He's not Asimov, which is really my thing. But what's hilarious is like Asimov is probably the biggest fucking status that ever existed. Like, God, he just salivate over these these giant spatial empires, like collecting people, just mm-hmm. pulling everybody in. Um, now, if you want to go and watch some sci-fi, that's going to really fuck with your head and make you weep for the future. I recommend the circle. Oh, did you, are you talking about the the reality show? Uh, there's a reality show because uh, <laughs> I mean, to me, I just thought it was direct CIA propaganda. I think we they call that a limited hangout, where they just tell you exactly what's going to happen. Um, oh shit! What's also really weird is that the Tom Hanks thing. Oh, you're talking uh, about the movie with Tom Hanks. I'm talking about the Netflix reality show, The Circle. Yeah, I don't know oh, what that is. Don't really care. That's, that's the trash TV that Cam loves. Yeah, it was trash TV that I that I. <laughs> well, watched. is the entire premise that you should have no privacy? Well, the entire premise is there are this many people that are living without privacy in a apartment building, and they talk to each other through a voice activated um, kind of like a, uh, an Alexa or a Siri, but it's social media and yeah. they, they block people and they try to win a social media game. And so okay, I haven't so seen the movie by describing is by the movie. Though. Okay. Interesting. Um, the what's funny is that like the end goal of the movie is like you're watching this and it's, it's, you're thinking, Oh, that's, 
they're going to learn their lesson and learn the value of privacy at the end of this. What you instead they instead learn is that humanity should have no privacy, and every moment you should have should be shared with every other human being on the planet. And uh, and the main character willingly chooses this for the entire world. It all involves social media. Like it's the most terrifying thing I've ever watched in my life. Well, now I have to watch. And that. I've seen no, the fourth I'm not kind. A big Tom Hanks guy. But but what I, what I, the thing that was weird about it is you're watching this movie and Tom Hanks's involvement where he actually is the guy that runs the company. But yeah. the, basically, it's Facebook. It's the idea. Zuckerberg. Yes. Um, but if you remember, way way back at the beginning of the pandemic, who was the first celebrity to it catch? Was, it was Tom Hanks. And who was the and one signaling to everybody what that what they needed to be doing? Well, and I I mentioned that. Because I saw it and I was like, of course, okay. And I, I, what was it? The girls on Voluntary Vixens called it the Tom Hanks disease. That's right. Well, and I, and I fought for a long time, you know, the correlation that he might be involved in something sinister. And then I watched this movie and I'm like, oh no, this thing looks like it was literally just put out by the CIA. Like the, they, yeah. they wrote the script for this movie and said, here you go, folks. Enjoy. Like hiding in plain Man. sight. Like oh, there's no hiding. You. Well, what's funny is because it is kind of that because I, very few people I know have watched this movie. It looks like a stupid movie. It does. And for all it intents and purposes, if it wasn't so accurate to what my expect, what I think their goal is, I would agree. Yeah. Unfortunately, it it it, all, it reads like a playbook. Mm-hmm. What was it? What is it that, that they call it? Um, there's a phrase for that, which is like limited hangout. Well, no, there's there's a a word that's. It talks about how they they show your the plans something programming, but they show oh, predictive the, the programming predictive programming. That's the word. Looks like yeah. it. And so it's like they they <laughs> so basically what you're saying is like they tell you what they're gonna do. It's so unbelievable that you think it's silly, but really they're mentally preparing you. It's desensitizing you to what's going to happen. Right. So that vaccine passport. They were sorry to bring it back to this, but like. They yes, started talking about that. They started talking about that like the year before, and everybody's like, "That's right. crazy, that's a conspiracy theory." And now it's like, "Hey, this is real. We're really talking about this." You know, well, like, what was crazy about that was they floated it, and mm-hmm. then people had such a harsh re- like re- in recent days, and you know, Florida, and then some follower states uh, were like, "No, fuck that. We're not doing it." Mm-hmm. Um, and then they had to back up and then they're they're reintroducing it slowly and they're using that carrot and stick analogy that makes me want to punch them in the heads. Did you notice though that your state is offering you a million dollars to get the vaccine? Nick? Which one? I wouldn't have any need for their crappy money. Well, so I, I, we talked about That's... this with yeah, DeWine, um right. Ohio. They're um, offering us a lottery, isn't it? That what it is? Well, yeah, Monica, people, Monica was on the adults. show when I, I mentioned it to her. She didn't. She hadn't heard of it previously, which is always cool to break something to Monica. Um, I, I, here's, the, here's the thing. I don't think she's listening to the news. Yeah. So I have no you both idea. whispered what? Let's <laughs> <laughs> be nothings in each other's ears. What are you it, talking about? It literally like was just like snakes talking to each other. And, <laughs> and I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> I don't listen to the news is what I was saying. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, okay. No, but um, so DeWine, they have two different things and they're using the voter rolls and 
if for adults they have if you've taken both doses of the vaccine for six weeks starting i think this wednesday maybe they're giving away a million dollars to each person that wins this so-called lottery and they're doing the same thing for kids but with ohio state universities this is what we call preying on the poor mm-hmm. yes there it is that's exactly what i said about it the, the poor you created by shutting their businesses down and shutting their livelihoods down but yeah so yeah. Th- that's what's going on in your your state so yeah i try to ignore as much of it as i can <laughs> just pay attention to my people stay close to the ones that i want to right well then that is a conversation i've had with multiple people lately where i'm just why are you so intent on looking at every single detail from the news every single covid fact you can find why are you trying to change the national political world why are you doing this instead of dealing with your shit and like making your life better Damn, it's a conversation that keeps fucking happening because they can't and they won't they, they they feel powerless and can't affect change in their lives and all they can do is help push change and power on yours. Mm. That's why. I hate it. If they were to try and fail at fixing their own lives, that would be having to own something and they can't own anything. So all they can do is take credit for pushing your life the way they want it to go. Mm-hmm. It's sad. It is yeah. sad. <laughs> Like it's it doesn't make it, like it doesn't down. it doesn't make sense to me. Like I don't yeah. I don't understand it because I'm like I mean I know that I feel powerless. You're not a sociopath, Cam. I am. That's true. I'm not a sociopath, and I'm not a cynic. And so I think that those things help. I am. A, I'm naturally a cynic, and I have to fight my desire to say, "Look, you all need to be wiped off the planet daily." But I do fight it and realize it's not my place. You know, yeah. that's ultimately what it is. Um, I think that it is absolutely absurd to think that there's that many smart people on the planet and that few, like, that few stupid people. Like, the, the math doesn't bear that out. <laughs> so, yeah, the bell curve is clear. Yeah. <laughs> so, I tend to follow the minority in most things. Is that why you became a colonizer? Uh, that's not why I became a colonizer. I became a colonizer because I like big asses. <laughs> that's that's all that is. He cannot lie. <laughs> Re- referencing previous episodes, folks. If yeah. You know, find out what colonization is. You can, uh, you can go, go back, back and them. see our conversations. <laughs> I like to mention that you're a colonizer every time. No, uh, you know, I, I, I had I had a fun conversation about it last night at that Mises event. Oh yeah, uh, in Pittsburgh. Um, How was that? Well, because I've seen a lot of temper tantrums on Twitter. As far as oh, after Pennsylvania, yeah, By who? Different people, like name names, Cam. Yeah, um, here's names. <laughs> okay, here's here's the thing. I would name names if I remembered them. No, it's okay. Um, well, I guess so. I think it was like the first play or first like not out. I guess they they'll, you could call it a not outright victory. But I right. still think it was a victory. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to this guy, Jose, who uh, I have no idea. Uh, I just know him as Jose. He was friends with some of the punk rock libertarians guys. And he had joined the party and had shown up to convention to vote. 
because yeah. that's what they tell you to do. And he's a brown person, as you can imagine, with a name like Jose. <laughs> and I, I guess yesterday or was the first time in history that the Pennsylvania um, Libertarian Party had re- refused to waive their 180-day policy, which is if you hadn't been a member of the party at least 180 days prior to convention, you didn't get the right to vote. Now they've waived it every year that it's been in existence with the exception of yesterday. Now, Jose chose to ask why this was the case. He felt he was being disenfranchised as a new member. And, you know, they've been making such a big fuss about all the new members that they had. Right. And what he was told was, look, we have a lot of white supremacists trying to infiltrate this party (laughs) in the guise of the Mises caucus. And we have to do whatever we can to keep them from gaining power because there's more of them than there are us. (laughs) By forbidding the brown guy from voting <laughs> that's well, great guys you're doing you, so well mind you he was uh, of the mises caucus persuasion uh and you so know, naturally also yes um yeah. but you know that is what they you know when they've been making all these calls to try and and prevent a white supremacist takeover what a stunning the, admission that we're terrified of the Mises caucus. There's more of them than there are of us. And we have to cheat to keep them nope, from. They didn't, cheat. they didn't cheat. That's completely within the rights of their bylaws. Yeah, it was they, in the bylaws. Okay. Check it though. Check it though. If you play Monopoly in your house, you have house rules for Monopoly. Everybody at everybody at every house has a, a, a rule that belongs to their house. If you suddenly revoke the Monopoly rule for your house, you are cheating. You're cheating. Well, but if you go in with a person who will invoke the rules that help them and you don't expect them to invoke the rules that are going to help them, you're naive. Yes. Sure. Uh, really, but all this is, is they're forestalling the inevitable anyways. And that's why I still think it was a victory. Because right. I just think it was, ne- next year it was funny seeing, seeing especially the people in Pennsylvania that didn't want it pitching fits. And then I saw some people on the Mises caucus side pitching fits i can't remember their names because i don't know who they are because most people i talk to are not pitching fits it's just these little random people who were like i thought i was going to change something but i was unable to well they don't know how she said so well they but they did end up changing things because amidst all of this apparently the pennsylvania liberty party was also trying to double the length of their terms in an effort to have to, to them off. keep them keep there from being another vote before the next like national like national party or national convention and they failed at that so right before next national convention i'm assuming that the only growing part of the libertarian party will continue to grow as it has the entirety of its history and next year will completely decimate because all of those people that showed up to vote this year will have been 180 days. There's no way to keep them out then. Yeah. And there will just be nothing left. But, and as we've said, like I, this ends one of two ways, either they make the libertarian party actually libertarian or they completely destroy it. And in both cases, I'm completely cool. With either of those <laughs> outcomes. I prefer one over the other, but still. <laughs> I'm I'm completely okay with them being able to go out and <laughs> preach liberty on a national stage for as much as that's worth. 
Uh, but if they completely destroy the thing, at least, you know, there aren't people out there getting a shitty idea of what liberty is. It's not <laughs> accurate. So whatever. I'll take either. I just love I just love the chaos, though, of especially like I the the most interesting thing about the Mises caucus to me is are the Richie Castaldos and the Archie flower of the world the reaction well you mean we have we have the cathedral caucus that's come out of all this oh no they don't call themselves that do they yes there's a cathedral caucus now oh. direct opposition oh. to kidding caucus, and that's, well, that's I need a shower. like if the music caucus deserves credit for anything that happening is something special that's funny though you should go and look at some of their uh their facebook uh message some of their facebook profile stuff it's uh <laughs> It's charming to say the least. <laughs> wow. It's like basically why like why would you call yourself like the terrible, corrupt, evil piece of shit caucus? Like why would you do that? It's just because bad marketing. Some people are completely okay with that. Like let's not, let's not but, pretend that people don't realize they're they're part of of Leviathan. Right. Some yeah. people are more than happy to be part of the collective. Yeah. And you know, wear it like a badge. I'm just glad that some of these people have no actual power. Well, you were you listening to this 275 members of this this caucus? At Um, least there are 275 people who have liked this page. I like I like pages that I hate just to see their shit. In the room in Pittsburgh, I was in yesterday. There was a hell of a lot more than that many people in that room. So, Uh, yeah, they can they can keep their little couple hundred people uh for whatever faults you hit might have with michael heiss i mean he's managed to create a, a pack that he's able to quit his job and work full time on like they yeah. makes enough money monthly to warrant that so you know good luck like i'm pretty sure they make more money than the libertarian party itself does at this point Oh, all right. That's so it's easy just thing a matter of time. Yeah. <laughs> and like I like I was saying before, it really is an admission on their part. They're saying we're terrified of this. There's nothing that we can do about oh, it, and well, we'll pull any trick that we can. Before each yeah. one of these conventions, they they sent out an email saying, "Please help. We're under a white. We're in the middle of a white supremacist takeover. You need to come and try and keep these people from from pushing us out." And it's right. amazing to have you know basically you know, white supremacists like jose <laughs> white supremacists like jose asking like why am i not being allowed to vote oh you're suppressing my vote or, or my because... good buddy connor nevamcito <laughs> yeah that's well he's Con- his name is connor so he's white he's not white i promise you. <laughs> <laughs> with a name like connor you can't be anything but white nick well that's true <laughs> Um, honorary honorary way <laughs> like they won't let you the the doctors won't let your baby leave the hospital with the name connor if well, you're okay so let's, let's, this is also the other thing that's really funny to me about this is that so if uh, the shit that um libertarian mrs caucus people get for being married to members of of you know other races like <laughs> have you seen all of jack jack lloyd's little fucking groups and stuff and oh, yeah. I, I, is that the them. is that the libertarian guys with Asian wives? Well, that's where it all started. But now you've got you know libertarian guys with ebony wives and 
like <laughs> it's it's bra- it's branched out into a thing and the reason it's branched out into a thing is because most like there's a very very high percentage of us that are in like mixed race marriages and shit like that <laughs> like very high percentage mm. you know to which there's oh well we're just we just fetishize these people colonizers yeah we're, we're colonizers you know all, my all friend that. paul is a libertarian guy with flag. an asian wife did i say that right yes. with an asian wife he's a libertarian guy with an asian wife so well you know he's you got the, the me and spike cohen's of the world we, we have our beautiful black women that we, we've married and <laughs> love dearly you know i mean the, based funny purely based purely on attraction and being attractive like me and my wife could be in a different race entirely like she's far more attractive than i am like i, I think i might be a troll <laughs> well compared to Cam, I, i've known you enough to know that you are in fact a troll like, that's true well Ooh, i think that would be in the south park way but you know <laughs> I, I think you're a handsome guy you've got man. the hair and the beard you know it, it works for you <laughs> Shave the fucking side of it. How do you feel about that? Well, I mean, I didn't want to comment on like your Skrillex moment, but you know, <laughs> you do what you're gonna do. Oh God, he just ruined it, didn't he? It's ruined <laughs> now. Bang Throw rang. it back. Bang rang once, we'll, we'll get it out of your system. Promise. <laughs> Speaking of bang rang, we made my daughter. My daughter refuses to watch movies that we suggest to her to watch. <laughs> And then, like, we make her watch them. She's like, oh, my God, that was so good. I'm like, yeah, honey, maybe we let, had, like, good movies when we were kids. <laughs> so we did sit down and make her watch Hook the other day. Oh, yeah. Which oh, she was fighting us tooth and nail on watching this thing. And then she actually sits down and watches. She's like, oh, so good. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. No shit. No shit. <laughs> like good stuff. Um, well, it's like my, my, my wife... So I work, and so my wife is the one who typically during the day will show them different movies and shows. And so my son, my oldest, he when she shows him a movie, it is her movie. So it's it may as well be a girl movie. And okay. so in his opinion, oh. he, he's not he's not being mean about it. He loves them, but no. Indiana Jones is her movie, and I'm like, bitch, I don't have a whip and a fedora because it's your mom's movie. Because I'm a fucking nerd, and that's I, I'm gonna my be. Shit. No, I'm gonna be honest, Cam. You absolutely have a whip and a fedora because it's mom's movie. It's the one you burst into the bedroom with the whip and the fedora. Like I, let's let's Woo. not pretend that this is anything but what it is. He just let us in on exactly how the bedroom works in the Arliss household. Wow. <laughs> More information than I needed, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I could say more. <laughs> Go Please for it, don't. whatever. I'm all about <laughs> sex lives. Oh shit! There was something I was going to ask you, but I've completely spaced on it now. So, what it's... do you want to know about me, Nick? What do you not know? Well, we, we, me and Camera, we were we were talking about how much we love each other the other day. Yes, and like we're we're bros and stuff. All my all my really close friends are on the are on the internet. It's true enough. Um. But uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know, man. Uh, I, I I don't feel like I've ever not gotten an answer to anything I've asked. I wanted to know about. I'm an open book. I yeah. told the internet about my cock aperture. <laughs> <laughs> Just glad the internet has the word cock aperture now. That's the, that's the best I, part of all of that. I am just so glad that Jessica said it. Like I am, I am taken aback. Like when I, 
this is what you can know about me. If someone says something that I think is truly funny, I'm going to give them props forever. There's because a hand motion that goes along with it too. This is the... I, I'm not I'm not going to pan's labyrinth. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I was saying. All of a sudden, I'm like, why are the finger eyes not painted on your palms for doing that? Thing? <laughs> because is when that on there the are list? palms, when, no, but it can be. It's a good movie. I've been writing down. I've been writing them down. Uh, well, if you want to watch, uh, what I recommend is the the orphanage. Okay, <laughs> so my husband and I have um, actually been talking about adopting, and oh, then that movie, the movie. Came, that movie came up on our list, right? And we watched it, and Evan looked at Wait, me. The orphanage or the orphan? The orphan. Okay, he's oh, no, talking no, about the, the Guillermo del Toro about. movie. Oh, okay, okay, different movie. Um, and, the and, orphan's and, fucking weird. Though. I would recommend Jessica does not watch The Orphanage <laughs> <laughs> at any time in the um, near future. Just because I love Jessica and uh, I know enough about her that this movie is not going to sit well. Okay. <laughs> the, oh, description, no. <laughs> the description of this movie is Peter Pan told from the parents' perspective. Oh. oh See, that's dark. fascinating. I okay. like the Peter Pan theory that the pirates are the lost boys that grew up. Because Peter Pan steals children, and once they age out of being lost boys, they become the villains to Peter Pan, which are the pirates. Well, I mean, inevitably, that's what has to happen. So fascinating. I love that. It's so dark. (laughs) God. Oh, dear. Yeah, Um, no, so I've heard a lot of theories, like, that the kids have cancer and they died or something like that. I've heard terrible, terrible Peter Pan rumors. Well, so, but I mean, the, the the idea behind the orphanage is a woman shows up and her son's missing. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was playing in the house and all of a sudden he's gone. Which is basically the, the story of fucking Peter Pan. All of a sudden your kids fly out a goddamn window and ain't there anymore. Right. <laughs> and how do you deal with that as a, as a parent? You cut off right. your clitoris. Well, and and ultimately, like, the movie lets you know what happens. <laughs> like, it's, it's a good good story. But like that, that, that's from a parent's perspective, that's horrifying to think about. Yeah, and and you don't ever think about Peter Pan from the perspective of a fucking parent, like you, right? Like a miss, that's a missing children's story. <laughs> you think about it as, hey, they went on adventures and never grew up. Yes, I just Yay. threw in a Lars von Trier joke. He did. He did. So despite the fact that I am a sensitive person, I subject myself to these terrible horrors um and lars von trier's antichrist was one of them and that was, I, that was one i was excited to get to last year and didn't make it to <sighs> maybe for I, the best so i hear good, to, great things about it and we're either going to do regular or special episodes for the horror challenge so whichever movie you choose you can come back on and we can talk about that movie Afterwards. Please so, not Antichrist. <laughs> Please. I'm not, I, I wouldn't even know, know, know where to begin on that one. I can't watch it again. I've seen it once. Never again. <sighs> so you make this, you say these things and it makes me want to watch it so bad. God. So you want to know what the scariest movie I've ever seen in my entire life was? What? And this is just because of who I am. Yeah. The Fourth Kind. Okay. Is that an alien movie? Yes. Yeah. I've seen the Close Encounters, right? It's basically the store press story. It's it's done kind of like in a found footage sort of way. Okay. I don't know how much of this it's true or whatever, but 
a, a basically a woman's son comes up missing or something. She blames it on the aliens. Is I think the the real story. It happens in this town in Alaska. Okay. Um, but it also is, I guess, a town that has a higher than normal rate of people with abduction stories. Also, hmm. and it is the most terrifying fucking because I mean, like the aliens essentially like walk through walls and shit. Like it's it referred to. It is referred to as a pseudo documentary, purporting to be a dramatic reenactment of true events. Yes. So, yeah. So it's it is acted. It is a drama. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. it's it's Mila, it's Mila Jovovich, I think, in the movie, right. playing the doctor, like in the actual. But but the Bada idea boom. is that it's based on like they have actual footage of a doctor, like they they kind of play next to it at times. So okay. she's reenacting stuff that they have actual video footage of. Um, okay. It really doesn't matter, like to me, how accurate it is. It's just fucking scary as shit. Okay. Like I, I watched it at my parents' house and had to drive back to my apartment downtown and like where I lived. And I'm like trying to keep my eyes off of going into the sky. <laughs> so I always find that when a movie has that believability to it, like this could be real, it's way more scary. That's why like movies about like serial killers are scarier to me than movies about vampires. Well, like, the vampires problem, aren't real. Serial killers are. The problem is, is that I have very vivid imagination. And why would that be a problem? A a tendency to lucid dream. Ooh. And Can you watch horror? <laughs> I've definitely woken up next to lizard people in my bed with me. And like hidden closets for days at a time off of shit that's terrified me enough to do that. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean I definitely have seen ball lightning when I was a child. I watched a doll get up and walk once. What the fuck? Don't talk about dolls. I don't like dolls. Oh, I made it. No, I told my I, I, my doll. My daughter would never like have don't dolls in her house. Fuck. What the fuck? Shut so, up, Cam. so I kind of I kind of work in a world where I have to assume <laughs> some of the shit that I see isn't real to get by. Yeah, because dolls don't do that ever. Yeah, my, ever. my buddy doll when I was about eight years old oh. got up and walked across my hallway. That's the scariest one. I know, isn't it? And you're laughing as if like I'm not being a hundred percent honest. I'm not. I don't mean. think it's fucking funny. I, I'm laughing. Cam's mean. Jessica is just deathly afraid of dolls. Oh no, no, dude, I am too. I've, I've, I said growing up, I, if I ever had a daughter, she was never gonna. Have, I'll buy the shit out of stuffed animals, but we don't do dolls. My sister Poppets and had, avatars. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just saying, my sister had a lot of dolls growing up. And they don't bother me now. But there was a time where she moved from to like a twin bed from like a toddler day bed. And mm -hmm. every single one of her dolls was lined up on that day bed, sitting up and looking forward. And I, there was one of those that like the eyes followed you no matter where you <laughs> were in the room. And it, mm -hmm. it caused me great distress. But Jessica being uncomfortable is also funny to me. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's the like ball his national pastime. Terrifying thing. I just, you know, I've done a lot of hallucinogenic drugs in my time, so I feel like the lightning thing wouldn't scare me that much. Men now, I'd be like, well, oh, I must just like thing, Jessica. This, this my all back happened wrong. before I would have been old enough to do any of that stuff. Right, right. And I've not yeah. done that much of that in life because I, because I have a liminal enough hold on reality as it is. I, I, I have too I, much. Probably safe. Yeah. 
of an imagination to do any of that shit. I just know it would go south so quick. I have definitely done shit sleepwalking. Like, I oh, tried, man. I tried killing, stabbing one of my uncles when I was a kid. Oh, wow. <laughs> see, see, that's not me. I just try to bang my wife in my sleep. Well, I do that regardless, but, but like, <laughs> you just... <laughs> I definitely died once in my sleep. That was weird. Wait, like, for real died? Well, like... Went through the process of being theory. exploded in a bomb. Okay. But like was half awake when it happened. Deconstituated gotcha. by the yes, bomb. Yes, and it was very painful Is and very fucking weird. I don't know. It sounds right. <laughs> it sounds like a word, right? De- deconstituated. I love it. Someone I mean, it's up. a great way of saying what I felt like in the process. <laughs> right. of it. You're, you're, well, you know, being constituent torn parts apart became piece by piece. Right. Well, that was, but that is a conversation I had to have with my wife when we got married. Was I do I don't sleepwalk anymore, but I sleep talk and I sleep move. And there's a very good chance that I'm going to, unless you consent right now, I'm going to sexually assault you in in my sleep. So just you know, just understand this is how I need. I need this to be signed before we go to bed. Okay. All right. Well, here's the thing, Cam. Why ever, do you think I have so many children? I mean, have you ever listened? To, have you ever heard of the band Boys Night Out? I haven't. So Boys Night Out is a I want to call them like post not post hardcore screamo band from like yeah the l- late aughts I guess maybe. Okay. And they have this album out called Trainwreck, and the whole album is. It's about talking to a mental patient who murdered his wife during a, a dream. Oh, wow. Like, he was essentially oh sleepwalking and killed his wife. And, like, him dealing with the guilt and kind of trying to move through the process of grieving while also dealing with, like, the emotional distress that that would cause. Uh, it's an awesome, awesome record. And like the whole thing ends where like the doctor that's like watching him ends up finding him like showing up to his house to do like a home call to check on him. And like the guy's just all pilled up and dying and not like real, real, real dark stuff. Hmm. So at least you're not doing that in your sleep. It's true. I just, I just like to touch the booty. (laughs) My husband's a sleep talker. So he doesn't get up and walk around, but randomly at three in the morning, he'll just start laughing, which is scary as shit. My, but it, <laughs> my daughter does that. <laughs> yeah. So, but he's, he's in a good mood at least. You know? So, um, But one time I asked him, I was like, what's so funny? And he pointed behind him and he's like, these guys, these guys, and he just kept laughing. He's in bed. Like what's behind dream, him is his mattress. <laughs> my dream is to one, one day be one of those guys that he's pointing to. <laughs> that's all, that's just all that I want. Laugh, laughing in the ether. Yeah. Yes. Laugh all I want. Um, <laughs> can't see nick anymore i uh, i'm still here okay cool. like i was like so you I was gonna say when you when you hold on real quick just to clarify so when you die you'll be a ghost that comes into people's dreams and makes them laugh yes absolutely that sounds awesome if i awesome. don't do that <laughs> fucking kill me no it's like i i tweeted today because i feel like it needs to be said if you ever see me joke policing for any sort of joke at any time twitter real life etc 
go ahead and grab a wooden stake and shove it through my heart because I've lost my soul and it's not alive. I will never do that. I've okay. died if that's happened. Um, okay. But here's the, here's the thing. Nick, I hear that you're going to be at Childerberg. Is this true? It is definitely true. I have to assume that since you tur turned off the video that you're naked right now. He's naked right now. It could be. <laughs> is that what I you guess? I also yeah. hear that you're you're playing music, right? Uh, I will be playing music at Childerberg, I believe, on Saturday at the Childerberg Arts and Comedy Festival. So I just wanted to mention that you're going to be there in case anyone wants to meet, not mention, meet you. You'll be at Childerberg. And I also wanted to say, I don't know if you're going to be there, Nick. I know that Jessica won't because she's a, a hermit. But mm -hmm. I will be at Tom Woods 2000 in October. So if any of you fools are making the trek to Orlando and want to meet me for some dumb fucking reason, I'll be there. I wish I could. And I guess you I should. can't say that I won't be for sure, but probably not. Plan for it if you try to, because I feel like that would be lovely. It would be. Just don't share a hotel room with Cameron. Well, Cameron's going to be sleeping in his house and driving there. I mean, okay, right. <laughs> I'm just trying to warn these people's b holes. Okay, I'm not a I'm not a sleep butt fucker. <laughs> I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm a sleep. Oh, he's a butt discriminating. Okay, it's <laughs> very discriminating yeah. in his in his unconsciousness about. I will touch your butt with my hand, not with my my dingus. Sorry. So I feel like I need to, we haven't talked really music at all. Let's talk and about I feel music. I like need to talk music here real quick. Let's do it. I, so, I named the episode Punk's Not Dad or Punk is and We're Dad. not going to talk about punk at all. We're going to talk hip hop, actually. Well, hell okay. yeah. Hip hop is, um, hip -hop is the punk. Of I got in this conversation yesterday. <laughs> so I am not, unlike every other libertarian out there, apparently, I'm not a fan of backwards. Like, I'm glad that they mm. exist and someone's making ANCAP music that's dope. But. I'm really not excited about new metal making a comeback. <laughs> that being said, I wish Eric July would spend more time doing what he, what I think he really excels at, which is rap. The ripper, the ripper's rips. Dude, hey, if you listen to his newest They're track, right? I haven't listened to the newest one, but dude, I, every time he does that, I'm down. Fire! You should go pull it on right now, and, and we can critique it. We're gonna critique it. Well, that's the thing. I love Eric, and but I don't. I haven't loved new metal since I was like fourteen years old. Well, and that's exactly. It. I'm not excited about Fred Durst coming back. You know, so Fred anything, Durst is anything that stinks of Fred Durst. <laughs> Fred I'm excited Durst to. is alive. Yes, yes, he is. Wow, who knew? I'm assuming Method Man, but <laughs> come together now. Wait, is it called Oh? Is it called Uh Oh? Disney? What is it called? Oh God, what is it called? Uh... Uh, he just released it like two or three days ago, I think. Um, and I, would, I wish I could see it better on my side here. I mean, I could turn on the, the screen so you can see it. No, no, no here. I, I, I'm going to go to Odyssey, which is where you go when you want to watch videos, right? Yeah, that's, that is the place to go. We're going to be talking to Jeremy Kaufman soon. Are you going to be talking to Jeremy Kaufman soon? Oh, Didn't I you sure already talked to Jeremy Kaufman? We haven't, no. I mean, we've chatted on Not Twitter. Chat. But... Right. 
Okay. Um, who who he was on somebody's episode pretty recently. He was on uh, uh, Clint's show. Oh, that's who it was. Liberty Lockdown. I do like uh, I like Clint's show. That stuff's fun. I don't entirely understand it, but I like the show. Sometimes <laughs> he is like. Uh... What don't you understand? I, I I'm like you. I only listen to a few things. So what don't you understand? You used to listen to a lot more, obviously. Well, you had this week in Liberpods. I did, so I had to listen to a ton of them. And I'm going to be honest, I'm kind of glad I don't listen to them. <laughs> it's difficult to take all of that that much. Yeah. Especially after the COVID stuff, because a lot of people that I knew were just all talking about COVID all the time. Yeah. And it's like, fucking kill me. I don't want to hear that. I just tell my husband to quit shoving charts in my face. Like, I don't know what this means and I don't care. Like, like, the mask mandate. And I'm like, I don't care. (laughs) Sorry, I love you, but I don't care. Since I don't want to dox your husband, I'm going to come up with a name for him that I can call him. Let's go with... He has a fake name on Twitter. Let's go with... I'm going to call him Kevin. No, you are not. You are not calling my husband Kevin. You so look like <laughs> someone who'd be married to a dude named Kevin. Oh shit! Fight. Sorry. Why can't fight. you be Kevin though? Just I don't know. I just I dated Kevin. Let's not go there. Oh, you married to Kevin. Let it slide. No. That's, the, that's the name of this song. So no, my Let husband has a an alias already, like a Twitter alias. So, which so is not. Tell me more about your husband. Um, what we're doing here is we're, we're making the, the you know the fantasies more real for me so like okay. when i gotta i gotta push him out of the way you know i can have a more <laughs> accurate depiction of what's going on right right so um my husband is a research and development physicist and okay. he does research on um oh i you know what i'm not gonna say what he does research on but that give would it away, right? right 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 but he's a scientist basically so okay. um and then he is really concerned with charts lots of charts on covid and he shoves them in my face all the time okay what else can i tell you <laughs> uh he got a stern bush <laughs> what like stands up on end what does stern mean uh, sternum Sternum bush, chest, hair? chest hair. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He's, got, he's, he's got you know he's he a good a, masculine man. A thick, a thick mat of chest. I, I think hair. I'm I'm a big fan of psych. By the way, so this is where this comes I, from. I would like for him to wear some kind of gold chain that would nestle itself <laughs> in his chest. That's hair. That's the appropriate way to do that. <laughs> he wouldn't. He won't wear a V neck button down and a gold necklace. Well, see, here's the thing, I like heaven. I am a, I am naturally, I'm Italian, so it just, I, I, it actually just grows with the gold chain there. That's right. That's <laughs> like, right. I, I don't actually have to put the gold chain on, like, it just kind of incorporates there. When an Italian is born, they have, like, a gold crucifix or something well, well, actually, of that nature. It's, it's the horn. Oh, is it? If you've met a real Italian, a real Italian-American, they get, they got the horn. The horn. Okay. What is yeah. the horn exactly? I, I can't remember offhand. I got my family. Well, we go that we know they're horny, but I have friends that are like way, way Sexually aggressive. Know, they're the kind that like call it gravy. What is that? Oh, wait, 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 Hold wait, 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 wait. 
Are you talking Pull about story back a few feet? <laughs> do, you, do you know macaroni and gravy? No. no. <laughs> okay, if you ever about like real, real Italian American people, it's called macaroni and gravy. Um, that's red sauce. Okay. <laughs> oh. See, it's just like the go-to. <laughs> right. I got you. Okay. My um, my grandmother who I did not grow up around was Italian, mm-hmm. but I didn't grow up around her, so I don't know all the uh. Because she the, was Italian. Well, because she was Catholic. <laughs> Yeah, my my parents both came from Catholic families and were not Catholic <laughs> afterwards. So, yeah, yeah, that's not um, a surprise. Yeah, I mean, I'm a recovering Catholic myself. I get it. A lot right. of you lot know, of them out you there. Watch this this young Ripa. Oh, dude, this is the best thing I've seen put hit, in a hit, long hit while. It. It's tight. Me, tell me, just give me a thumbs up if you can hear it. Okay. Okay. Yep. I do love Eric. I wish he would answer my tweets, though. You're white, dude. I can't respect him. I am. Look like we got another one of them. Popping at the mouth or the side of his neck when he pouts. No argument, no rebuttal from him. He ain't from my town. I don't know him, so I'm guessing he's a clown like he wanted me to love him. But you know that ain't my style, yet he still got my name in his mouth and I Oh, oh, but look at that poop face that's a great one <laughs> for those who don't know what a poop face is anytime a video pauses whatever your face is when the video pauses things you make when you're pooping get awful Typing a writing on a post to get a cosign when you wouldn't bust a grape in a fruit fight in the produce section at Whole Foods. I already told you since my adolescence, I had to stress that never being like, to being excellent. Yeah, like, model, I comic models like out there sort of blowing up. And I love his message. His rap's okay. You watch this, like, oh yeah, and that's how hip hop tracks supposed to go. I don't think it's covered by that athlete. I'll if you want, but you put it on. I think that what's his name? Uh, I'm sorry. I've had what four doubles shots of Knob Creek at this point. He's had not enough, is what he's saying. <laughs> so. Eric was, I think, the first guest we ever had when we were Make Liberty Great Again okay. in 2016. Episode 100's coming up. Can you believe that? It is weird. Can you believe that shit? What do you think I should do for episode 100? Bath salt. I have a I bath salt. Okay. <laughs> no, you, I tried I tried edibles and it didn't work. You're from Florida. Me. I mean, I just assumed he's a Florida man. <laughs> so one of my favorite things I know there's the Florida man trope, but one of my favorite things is there's a this group that does a. Basically, like different versions of Dungeons and Dragons on YouTube, like yeah, and they have like they'll let me you know they'll do Dungeons and Dragons Florida Man edition is my favorite, <laughs> and so like each each character like they they say like what they're doing, like yeah, uh, I, I like to do some crystal meth and 
take my girlfriend through the drive-thru. And by girlfriend, do you mean your alligator? Of course. <laughs> but uh, essentially, the way that, from what I understand, the way that they make the the like make up the actual Florida Man bits for the Florida Man edition is they actually take actual news clippings from Florida to like say what each person does is going to do in the episode, and they think they've done like six different Florida Man edition episodes, and they're all hilarious, all based on like actual news clippings. What like, I love about what I love about Florida Man is the only reason he exists is because the laws behind reporting on crime are different in Florida. So in a lot of states, there's a lot of anonymity about what people did, who they were, what happened. But in Florida, they're like, no, you can tell the whole story. And so that's why there are so many Florida man stories is because the, the press has carte blanche on telling these stories exactly as they happened as compared to other states who can't do that. Cam, I'm from Florida, and that is complete and utter fucking nonsense. Well, I mean, Florida but I'm just saying exist because fucking Florida is weird, dude. I'm from Alabama, so yes, <laughs> Florida is fucking weird. I'm I'm an Alabamian, but what I'm saying though is, you know, that Mississippi and Georgia would have some pretty fucking funny stories if it weren't for that. I, I can't I can't speak. I've never been to either place. I've lived in Georgia, <laughs> and I've noticed it. And I have cousins from Mississippi who wanted to fuck me. So I mean, I think, I think, yeah, but doesn't make it doesn't make you abnormal. I my my friend in, <laughs> in high school up in New York State who did fuck his cousin. <laughs> he didn't know it at the time, but I mean that shit just happens, you know. You live in a small oh. town, eventually you find out someone's your cousin who didn't know it, oh, and then you never live it down. <laughs> The really hard part was when his when his uh, girlfriend left him for his dad. Oh, okay. sorry, his so, left him for his dad. Walked in on him, so, you know. I was worse than the doll. I was just making a joke, but let's say I had a friend. I was being completely and... honest. It was real. <laughs> it was not a joke. <laughs> but let's so say what we I call Appalachian folks. And this he's, friend he's not wrong. had uh, this girl had a sibling. And she had married a guy and had a baby with them. Mm -hmm. And then they didn't like each other. They divorced. And then this man started dating and, and got engaged to her mother. As a family member in this situation, that's not actually connected outside of this was my sister. How do you react to that? Because I I saw this happen, and I was like, "This is the most Jerry Springer shit that I've ever seen personally." It's just Chinatown, man. Don't think about it. <laughs> Don't think about it. Done and done. Not it's thinking just about Alabama, it. man. Don't think about it. <laughs> uncomfortable. Just really uncomfortable That's right now. Oh, so fucking bizarre. Because I was, and what was funny was this friend. Um, her her mom came to her and was like, I don't know why you can't just let me be happy. It's my turn to be happy. And I'm like, You're, what? <laughs> I definitely okay. had a roommate or like a housemate at one point that like he he ended up having like he ended up having like a statutory rape charges because he wouldn't fuck a girl's mom. And like the mom turned him into the cops because he wouldn't fuck her. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people do shit like that. Okay, so I have a family member who scans old police records from mimeograph into a computer. And these Why? stories go back for like, I don't know, they're digitizing all the records or whatever. But okay, um, he works there. Yeah. So he works okay. there scanning. They, all the, the mimeograph is I just, just like big machine. No, no, he's not just there doing it. <laughs> so the mimeograph is this machine that's like um, photos of newspapers, basically. It's what yeah. they kept records on for a really long time. Microfiche and you turn it. And there might be younger people who don't know what a, <laughs> what a microfiche is. Um, so what my family member does is reads the report and then takes the pertinent information and puts it into a digital copy. Well, I get to hear about all the weird things that people call the cops for. And um, there are people in our town that call the cops because the trees are making too much noise and they'll call the police <laughs> because the trees are making too much noise and the cops have to go out there. They have to go out there to this person who's complaining. Come that the on, trees are making you too know no, that I mean, bullshit. The police no. have no specific obligation to any person. They can ignore it if they want to. They, I guess been, it's been upheld in court. Here's in the, the question, in, though. In the county that we live in, the police were required to go attend to this poor, crazy person. <laughs> Do they shoot the trees? Well, I imagine if they are continuing to break no noise ordinances, that's the only thing. <laughs> it's the only reasonable thing you can do. I mean. So, Nick, okay. let me ask you the perennial question. What in your life or overall, I feel like I have to clarify. You've heard the show. You know what I'm about to ask. I do. What is your white pill for the audience? I mean, there's different white pills, I guess, and different things. Okay. Um, I guess the the best thing I can think of is that uh, whatever whatever they're trying to do out there. You know, if you if you want to buy into the conspiracies, their uh, track record is not so good as that they don't have to work their asses off at it. Right. Like the fact that they need to propagandize twenty four seven is is a little heartening. Like they can't just sprinkle yeah. it in. Like they, it is a full court press at all times. This vaccine stuff is a full court press. Yes. Like and it's I've crazy. Never I've never seen before. it so strong before. Like literally, dude. The, when they're when they're taking your beloved, your, your beloved religious like artifacts Fuck, and and they're <clears throat> pushing their bullshit on that, like that's that's really, a white pill. You're really right. working. One I've white never pill heard for the me. Term... I'll just insert this, but one white pill for me was a kid that I saw on Twitter that he would talk about blue pilled libertarians. But every time he would talk about this, I was like, but you're still living within the blue pill as you're trying to call these people blue pilled. Mm -hmm. And I won't be specific because I don't want to cause any issues for this kid. But yesterday he was tweeting and he was actually tweeting from the red pill. And I was like, that's great. This is a kid. This isn't me who's, you know, 32 years old. I'm not, I'm not a fucking adult. This is a kid. <laughs> and I was like, shit, this is good to see. Well, but you, you remember how that works, Cam. There's not just one red pill. 
Right. You know, right. Our 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 good friend and fearless leader Michael Malice will uh, attest to that. <laughs> you know, right. But Google's it was good to, to see all of them. But you got you got to leave like the final one. Right. Because if you take that final one, then you go Super Saiyan, and you you can't handle me. This isn't even my final form. You know. Yeah, but it was just nice to see this damn kid nuggets. move past like sucking that blue pill in his cheek. You know. I mean that's kind of how I feel about Tim Pool, frankly. Yeah, that's. I mean that's my that's my regular go to on Tim Pool is that dude sucking on a fucking blue pill. Yeah, but dude, if you saw Tim Pool five years ago, he's he's making strides. He's progressing. Like Tim he Pool, hates is, Tim, Tim Pool. See, he used to talk shit on. You know, I don't want to say talk shit, but he definitely was less on the Luke Rakowski wavelength back then, despite their friendship. And he's definitely more on the Luke Rakowski wavelength now than he used to be. Good. Yeah, and it's it's like that's been something that I've I've actually watched, which is also white pill. Watching the blue pilled get red pilled yeah, is, is so furious see. watching his show because it'd be oh, like man. he's so close, and then like he would just arbitrarily decide to ignore what the next step is. Well, and that's that was one of the things is his issue with the red pill that I saw multiple times was that journalists aren't all bad. And I think that the reason he hung up on the cathedral for so long was because he sees himself as a journalist mm-hmm. and he felt like he was going to be selling himself out if he actually noticed how they actually function. Yeah. And he put him in, himself in that class. <clears throat> but I mean, that's the thing. He he should think of himself in that class. He needs to stop thinking about those other people as being of that class because they're not. Right. Right. They're not part. They're not journalists. Any like journalists speak right. truth to power. They are the power, so they can't. Right. But that's that's been something I have noticed, which is a white pill for me, for sure. And um, you know, you take your you take your white pills when you get them. You savor them. Was, Honestly, you should, you're probably best to take him as a suppository with like a slow release. <laughs> well, it's like I was, it was I was watching the episode of I don't know if it was Liberty Lockdown or Eric's um, Rebel Without a Rebel with a Cause, but they were talking about white pills, and uh, Eric had said, "Yeah, you know, I like to microdose white pills," and Clint was like, "Where do you get those from?" And then he was like, "Oh, you know," and I was like, "Eric, you motherfucker, you know where you get those from." <laughs> <laughs> I like the main line of myself. <laughs> I got a I got a saline drip over here to just full of them. Chocolate. Oh, well, and that's that's one of the things that I appreciate about you is like I went through a cynical period in my life where I was pessimistic about everything and I didn't trust anyone. And really there is not a lot of love or trust lost between me and most people. But I found optimism in specific things and being able to see the good in the future as a saving grace for me. And Mm -hmm. I see that in you. I think that even though you say you're a cynic, I see more hope in you than I see in most other people. I have to, man. I couldn't get through the day if I didn't, like, I mean, granted, I have to force that little fire to stay alive. Like I'm, Amen. I'm sitting with like a little cup around him, like giving him just enough blow air to keep that fire <laughs> burning. But yeah. that, you know, that's not a natural thing. That is something that like takes constant maintenance, frankly. And I think and that that's something that people need to know is when when you're blue pilled, red pilled, all these pill metaphors, 
they're voluntary. So being black-pilled is voluntary. Being white-pilled is voluntary. Having hope is a choice. And I noticed that in you, and that's well, one of the things that I appreciate about and you. And I was talking to someone about this last night. For me, when I came to like the whole quote-unquote libertarian movement, uh, yeah. I loved it because it was the the best self-help seminar I've ever, I'd ever attended. Because mm-hmm. yeah, the basic idea was, dude, nobody's coming to help you. You grab your fucking bootstraps, take care of your shit, and and do what you can to take care of yourself because there ain't nobody else out there to do that. Yep. And that was the the basis between most of everything about it. And you know, you start well, the more you learn, the more you see. I mean, like people not mentioning techno techno technocracy more than they do is fucking amusing to me. But it's also yep. terrifying because it's like how many few people realize like. That is a thing that's been on a 150-year trajectory that we are finally seeing come to fruition. Nobody's talking about it actually happening exactly as, as it was envisioned 150 years ago. Um, what would you say, sorry to interrupt you, but what's the seed What's the seed point? You say 150 years. What's the seed point for that? Well, I mean, you could just go back and read the books. Like, go back to the Gilded <laughs> Age and read all the, read all the, the Rockefellers. Read all those people. They said right. exactly what they wanted. Like there's no beating on the bush. They, they, they told you exactly how they wanted society to function. They told you exactly how they were going to get there and the means by which they imagined that happening. They just have a, you know, in, in the Austrian sense, uh, those people just have a really long time horizon and yeah. are willing to take forever yeah, to get reach their goals. Right. So, you know, well, between that and the fascists, like, I mean, I think that they're married. But well, no, I mean, no, the fascism about... was always the thing. Right. Well, that, and that, that's a point that I've made in the past, which is people call fascism this very race-centric nationalist thing when the – what's it called? The Great Reset, all of the stuff that we're seeing. Go look up Jeff Dice's speech from yesterday. Like, oh, there's really, a speech from yesterday? Someone will have it on uh, up, uh, online, and it was great. Yeah. I really thought Rechtenwald was going to be the one that I was going to – right home talking about but honestly dice speech was great and dice i'm not is great well and i'm not someone who really gives two shits about dice honestly <laughs> like i well, personally i have issues with hero worship in general like i fucking hate well, anyone that looks you're up on the people. right show we're like yeah. in, like that's one of those things that we've had to wrestle with and struggle with like most of this has happened in dms between me and jessica but so many of our conversations are frustrations with hero worship and so, like, I like Dice because I've talked to him. Yeah. And I, as a person, I, I, I've, I got certain impressions out of conversation. I have issues with Dice because you refuse to talk about music and punk rock libertarians, and it's not a way to, <laughs> not a way to win me over. Can you don't like music? What the hell kind of person are you? I tried to ask him about music too, and he wouldn't go there. I know. I saw, and that's that's and that's why I'm gonna always have issues with him. But I do think what was interesting about diced was you could tell that he's a very serious man, mm-hmm. but he's willing to have the con- conversation with people that he may not deem as serious as him. And I respect that. Um, well, I think he's maybe, I don't know. Let's see. He's less serious than you know, you'd think, but, uh, I think he's just kind of a guy who's willing to have a conversation with people. Yeah. Um, he, he had a very hopeful speech last night. Which is why I say you really need to listen to it. Um, he did a Q and A afterwards that was was pretty good. 
Um, Reckonwald's speech was like bleak, <laughs> very, very bleak. And I don't agree. Like he, he's one of those people. Like I feel like he goes out of his way to fight like the Thaddeus Russells of the world. Mm. And I feel like neither neither one of them is getting the whole picture all that right. They're that is something I've big noticed. things. And like I don't know much about Rechtenwald, but that is something that I've noticed. Like I, I enjoyed talking to Thaddeus Russell, but it seemed to me that he had limited his own view of reality in some sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, definitely. So when you think you're right about everything, that is very limiting because you don't know that you don't know things. Well, you see, and he gave he gives himself the, the beautiful out since he doesn't think that anything he thinks that there is a reality that you can always be right, right. about it. Right. right. But that's weird. If you're always right about things, you're always wrong about it too because it's not real. <laughs> it's weird. I mean, you're already making a truth claim. But... <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Said we weren't going to do it. The basis of your entire philosophy requires a truth claim when your truth claim is there are no truth claims. Hmm. Well, here's here's my issue is I am very interested in the concept of postmodernism, but I haven't had a deep discussion with someone outside of the people who when you're talking about postmodernism, they'll point to the fucking table and be like, how do we know this is actually a table? And I'm like, fuck you. I'm not having this conversation. <laughs> I hate that. That's that not a question. See, that's that not the real postmodernist. That's not the real postmodernist question. Yeah, but I'm telling you, I have had is, I have had between nine and fifteen conversations with people who talk about the fucking table. But hold on, Nick. What were you saying is the postmodernist question? How do what is the table to me? What is the table to you? What are the representations in our own minds that make that make sense? It's uh, epistemology. It's, 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 yes, it's the basis of human communication. That is, which was also part of Dice's speech. You know, he's talking about people using words and changing words and fucking with words. Like, how about this? When I say the word "dog" to you and Cam, I can guarantee the image that you both have is very different. There's going to be some base characteristics they're going to share. Wishbone. 100% but, thought about Wishbone. Thought about my dog. <laughs> well, so right there. Right. Just uh, the fucking word dog. And you both had very different images in your head. So you have a sense of dogness that's mixed in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. That's a very concrete thing to think about dogness. Mm-hmm. What happens when I say happiness? How wildly divergent do you think your fucking views on that abstract concept are? Right. The the simple fact that human beings can communicate at all is amazing. And I think we don't take into account that everything that we do is from our own very particular point of view. And there's always going to be miscommunications because of that. And I, and I think that's what the whole postmodernist thing brings to the table is that you really need to focus on the fact that agreement is a very difficult thing to reach. And even when you think you have agreement, you probably really don't have agreement. Mm-hmm. And so it requires a lot of dealing with people to really, really, you know, get along in the world. 
And I think, especially for libertarians, I mean, the bottom line is we we tend to live in a different world than most other people live in. We mm-hmm. none of us, like when you say government to a lot of people, they see something very, very different than very what we good. see in our heads. And you need to be able to grapple with it because both of those conceptions is is real as fucking concrete to both of us. Yeah. Right. And I, I I think that well you'll have the rectumwalds of the world that I think we're playing language games. Well, I'm sorry. Language games are a big fucking deal because that's how your brains work. They mm-hmm. go and make concrete physiological structures <clears throat> in your head based on your word games. Now, granted, I, I came to anarchism initially through Chomsky. So <laughs> word <laughs> games is kind of like where, what I used to play around in, mm-hmm. you know, I, 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 those are the philosophical waters that I come from. Well, you that's the, you say that, and that, that's what's uh, one of the. I need to mention this before I forget, but um, one of the things that malice always gives as advice to parents is that he was born in Ukraine, and so he he learned Russian early on, but that there are a lot of phrases that are used by the cathedral, by the corporate press, by people who wish to change your mind. That would not make any coherent sense if you spoke more than one language because yeah. it only makes sense in the singular language mm. with which they're trying to manipulate you. Mm. I think that's a good point. I only speak one language, but you know, I try my best to listen to people. Um, I only speak the one language, but I also have made it like language itself and in particular, you know, uh, the philosophy of language has always been something I've been deeply interested in. So, you know, I, I've, I've spent a long time getting way deep into linguistics. And you know so one of I my understand it from like the psychological level of what language actually is. Well, it's anarchic by nature. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's, well, there's nothing, nothing more anarchic in the most positive sense than language yeah. because it's completely made up by everyone and completely, yeah. um, like, we all come to a consensus that is both shared and disagreed upon in real time, and yeah. somehow manage to make that shit allow cooperation of people wildly divergent. Well, and that's what makes people like. I would say that I believe in some in objective reality. I would say that, but I'm not an objectivist. I'm not Randian. And so I think that there is something we can point to that like a table is a fucking table. Like, let's make it that simple. But you want to throw some mud here? How about this? And this is like an issue I have with objectivism and that kind of speed. So I don't know how many of you guys listen to uh, He Who Shall Not Be Named's podcast. Uh, He has this, (laughs) this fellow Matt on his show who's definitely had some strange, uh, turns in his reasoning in the past year we'll say and one of the frustrating things that i've come that i I come to is that and i see this more and more and it's it's the because it's the mock of machiavellian position is that they tend to think of things as existing always the way that they have have seemed to exist forever and I do not believe that, I, that this is because I'm a leftist. I don't believe that they have to necessarily exist. Now I'm saying changing things too fast is going to create a, a pendulum swing. We don't want that. 
but to say that humanity has to be the way it always has been is a problem for me. Right. Mm-hmm. Imagine that we're not capable of evolving and growing. Right. This I would, is also yeah, I would same, disagree with that thought. This is also the same thing that frustrates me with, uh, what's his name there? Uh, Mance's buddy, Vin. Mm. Because they, uh, in an effort to, I guess, not lose, they are, they make a, a choice to play the same games as the people in power. Okay. And I kind of, I've always looked at the whole libertarian ideal and like voluntarism as being a, a moral choice. Yeah. And the idea being, look, I don't choose this because it's going to fucking win because it probably because won't it's moral. because it's right. I agree with you. If we want to fucking win, then why are you even why why are you even giving a shit about this? Just go and make the choice. It's going to win. Go go become a part of the machine. Your morals won't matter then. And it's it's just been frustrating watching people kind of give into that to do the more Machiavellian thing and follow the Machiavellian, right. doing the wrong thing for the right reason. It's Allegedly. just uh, frustrating. Um, and and Vin does it in a sense that like we're. <sighs> Personally, I, my end goal is I want to see people giving up all of their rulers, all of their kings, which I know you two are, are Christians and you see this very differently than I do. But to me, up to a point, to me, that's just another king that I want people to give up on. I want them to oh, realize that they okay. don't need to be ruled by anyone, even even some magic guy in the sky. And when I see him pushing people towards mystical things, it's just, it's backpedaling to me. It's especially in a community who's done move so far to give up on Kings, but in the same vein, like I, I also, I understand this position and they, I realize that my bias is towards not having that. So, well, and, and that's, that's a person that is interesting to me in some sense, but a lot of the followers of Vin Armani have been people who talk about magic and they're using these phraseology. Like one guy legitimately was like, this person is a real wizard. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, you're talking in these kind of esoteric above ways when what you're talking about is morality and story. If you could just say it, you can just fucking say what you're talking about. I understand what the theatricality is, but people respond to story and morality. Mm-hmm. That's what I responded to. That's what you just mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. You didn't say story, but morality. That's what you responded to. Mm-hmm. Why are we not having those conversations? Well, and so here's another thing that like – and, and this is one of those things that Tom Woods kind of always brings up, and it's part of like, especially been apparent in the whole COVID situation, is that like if you were to have a beef with the left, their desire to remove magic from the world is uh, that's the thing that makes it suck. I don't want to live in a fucking world without some kind of magic in the same vein. Like, well, like, like I criticize Ben yeah. for this. I, the idea of not having art and art right. doesn't exist without conflict art does art doesn't exist without you know the beauty okay. of what happens between the cracks right 
like why is Romeo and Juliet a beautiful story? Maybe because of the, the the conflict of the things that happen, humans overcoming adversity, humans losing to their own and human humanness. stupidity. Yes, and so it feels as though the left wants to take us to uh, you know a world where story is unnecessary, it's irrelevant, and. That is a sad, sad fucking world. It is, and I agree with you. And that's that. I, I just that has been one of my points is because people try to make this esoteric when we could be talking about story and conflict and overcoming and power. And it bums me out because there are a lot of people who are going to write you off, or if you're trying to use magic as a weapon. It bums me out. Am I am I crazy for thinking that? No, no, it should should be bummed out because, I mean, I feel like that's the overall thrust of where we're headed as human beings. And I think that that's on purpose. I think that the people in charge want us to not have story. They they want us to not have a beautiful world to live in. They want to have. They want us to be cattle. Yeah. <laughs> so take away all the beauty. They don't. Need, there's no need for that. We're gonna grind you up and feed you to the bugs that we're gonna feed to everybody. The Soylent Green. And it's not Soylent Green. I mean, that's literally <laughs> their plan. Um, there's a, oh, yeah, I think there's a Swedish scientist who like, recommended us just eating people. Ugh. And this was like an actual PhD academic paper that was put out there. Someone so, actually said this. <laughs> it's insane. The world we live in is insane. The truth is always they're... stranger than fiction. Please remember that. Yeah, I think there's so much beauty and so much story and so much morality to talk about that's missed. Just but, put, the, put the video from American Beauty up in the bag while Cam is giving the speech. <laughs> but I was just going to say, we are nearing so two much. hours. And yeah. we knew, we do this every time with you. There's no chance that we're less than two hours with Nick Bacone. I can because, just talk too much. It's a problem. Well, it's not that you're talking too much. It's that we enjoy talking to you. Well, and I'm so glad. it's... It's a, it's it's a good time, but we should wrap it up because I think people probably checked out because people are beings that don't like to sit and listen. You know, probably thirty minutes ago, if at best. But I did want to say, you know, if you want to find the things that Nick is up to, nickpacone.com is a good resource for that. The best resource. Um, for that. If you're not listening to Nick and his beautiful, wonderful wife, Lizzie, on Peace Freaks. That's on every podcatcher, as far as I know. You should be. Um, and then, like I said earlier, you are going to be playing music at Childerberg on ne- this Saturday? Uh, not this Saturday. I think it's like two weeks from now. It's actually Memorial Day weekend. Okay. And I'm going to be honest, folks, from everything I'm hearing, the names I've talked to of people that are going to be at this thing, if if you're waffling on the fence, I'd say just come on over to the other side of the fence because it's uh it's gonna be a lot of fun. Like no no more fences. I I, uh, I haven't <laughs> talked to Eric about this, but uh, it was recommended by by my good buddies uh, running the event, uh, Jacob in particular, that maybe me and Eric should be doing a uh, a live recording of. Anarchy in space while we're there. So I'm going to talk Ooh. talk Eric into doing some sci-fi, anarchy and sci-fi talk by the campfire and recording it while we're out there. That sounds like fun. So that'd be fun. Um, me and Liz are both going to be there with Irma. So who she knows? Wearing that shirt, right? 
I, I planned on it. She got it today. I'm excited to, excited <laughs> to get her on it. Cam's like, can I get you a shirt? I want to get you a shirt. And I'm like, Cam, it's just way too expensive to buy a shirt in my size. Don't worry about it. It'll go. <laughs> it'll do much better if you put it on my wife anyways. I promise her tits will fill it out better than mine will. <laughs> Mine look like libertarian man titties. Hers look like <laughs> sexy black lady titties. And that's are, really what people want. They are Promise. good, people... clean, agorist titties, okay? Don't you forget it. <laughs> uh, Nick, is there anything else that you're doing right now that you want to tell people about? I, you know, that's that's it for right now. Uh, we're okay. kind of dealing with some life situations, so there's not a whole lot of things going on right now. But... Uh, you know, we're still still plugging along and happy to be part of the community that we're part of. Hey, I'm happy you're I'm happy you're around. I was happy to see your name on Twitter today, and because I, that's where I am now. I'm staying off Twitter, mind you. I, I'm really just there so that like I can communicate with people. There's so many people that only talk on Twitter. Yeah, and that's me essentially. I gave it like six months of not having it. I don't need Twitter itself, but I definitely need the messenger of Twitter to talk to mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Because there's people I lost communication with. I really wish I didn't lose communication with not having it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just treating it like I do Facebook. Like, yeah, if there's a Facebook page there, I'm never on Facebook. Yeah. But I'll use the messenger to talk to people I want to talk to. Um, But beyond that, um, I I do have a stupid video for us. Um, But I did want to let people know that Wednesday, we're going to have Mr. Brad Binkley back who is also a good time. I have to applaud Jessica for friend month because we've had the best people on and this is going to like, we end up with dent, but it's going to be a hell of a fun month. I've had fun so far. I was like, got to get Nick on, got to get Nick on. And I'm very happy that I did. Um, after Brad, we have Jeremy Kaufman coming on then followed by dent. And then starting June, we have miss Natalie Danilishan coming on the show so apparently she know who that is tonight well she's she's apparently the one who turned rob schneider into a mises reader because awesome. of boobies she yeah she's like the blonde <laughs> bombshell of the mises institute so yeah <laughs> that's a thing yeah uh, apparently she made it she made it a thing okay i'll take yeah that. So before we reach our our video, um, one, if you want to find me on Twitter, that's where I am, at Cam Harless. That's also where Jessica is, at Soup Canarchist. We are killing our locals. I don't see the point of it. And we are moving to something new soon that we're very excited about, but I won't tell you about it until we're actually live. Um, Beyond that, we have some shirts. If you want to listen to the show, we are themadones.com or mlganetwork.com. Um, if you want to watch it, which I think you should because that's where all the fun happens, youtube.com slash the mad ones, or you can find us on Odyssey by just searching the mad ones. Um, if you want coffee, get it from lorenzotti.coffee with promo code the mad ones. It's good coffee. Nick needs to buy some coffee. We need to send Nick some coffee. Either way, if you want some software solutions, websites, whatever, if you want me to work on some video stuff for you, uh, go to burgettdev.net and make Ryan pay me. Um, Opsec Drip, the best podcast you can listen to where a man wears a shemag, reads a newspaper, and tells you what's going on in the world. 60 seconds of your time every day. Good guy. Pilar Petrie is easily become one of my best friends on Twitter, 
and you should check out his his short thing. If you want, I don't mean his penis. I'm sure his penis is finely sized. Um, if you want a, a microphone, zenproaudio.com. Dent furnished me with this one, and I keep getting people, people keep telling me how good my sound is. So I'm happy with it. But with that, I have a video. Um, it's a video from a local news channel. You may have seen this. I hope you haven't, Jessica, because you seem to not see anything that I mentioned. But <laughs> it was, it's a beautiful video of a, there was a crime that was committed and the, um, the sketch artist did such a great job. If you haven't seen this, this is, this is a fun one. Just in, police uh, officers in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, were asking people to be on the lookout for a man who robbed a store. And I think, yeah, I think we do, we do this have his real. description. Can we take that? Let's take his description. <laughs> Look at his face. Okay. This is the guy there. Uh, it's they a real sketch. people in Pennsylvania to be out on the lookout for. He's okay. got... Uh, He's got a nose and some hair that goes like that, and he was, uh, he was wearing a hat at the time of this particular It's particular Jason Mraz. He's got kind of a chin that comes down to a... Jason Mraz committed the crime. Stands about five feet, four inches tall. There we go, Jason Mraz, right there. Get a good look for yourself. Oh, and now I'm getting word that police actually caught this guy, thanks to the sketch, no doubt. So, here's a picture of the real guy <laughs> next to the sketch. That led to his arrest. That is, it's wildly accurate. <laughs> uh, the, the guy uh, on the left is now charged with two counts of theft. Is being held in the Lancaster oh. jail. And I say, give that sketch artist a raise. <laughs> this wouldn't be so funny, except it's a real sketch. <laughs> that was actually the sketch that the police so sent accurate. out to the good folks in Lancaster. It's, oh my God. Wow. <laughs> I love it. It's, it's, oh dear! It's so poorly drawn, but it's so perfect. It's so accurate. Oh, well, it does what the picture needs to do. It needs to. <laughs> it needs to capture the essence of somebody. Yep. And Got him. Appar apparently, like whoever described this guy to the person, like described it perfect. Like you yeah. got the essence of the guy in that picture. You're like. It, it does not, not not that much has to be there, but you get it. Like, oh my god, that's fucking him. You, you see him together, and it's like, wow. She's right. That guy doesn't get paid enough to do that <laughs> little work and really nail it. Like, that's amazing. It was incredible, and I love it. And also, I love you. So, thank you for coming back on the show. Um, we're gonna do it again. Obviously, I have fun every time. Well, apparently, so like we have said, a horror movie to talk about. We do. Which? Oh, by the way, you didn't say which horror movie you pick. So uh, I actually, I went on it before. I told you guys before the uh, episode. It's it's a fun one. Is why I'm choosing it. But uh, it's Stay Alive, and it's f extra fun because it's uh, Frankie Muniz back when he was still an actor. <laughs> it's a 2000 era. Awesome. And uh, if you guys want to go down a rabbit hole, go find out what happened to Frankie Muniz. Dude, that's something else. It's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. It's a story. So, like I said, thank you for coming on the show. We love you. And no, uh, we love you. Yeah. In the royalist sense. <laughs> so with that, dear audience, the apple of my eye, um, you know, be the glitch you want to see in Matrix.